0: That's microdose.com, promo code PANTS for 30% off and free shipping.
1: microdose.com, promo code PANTS. This episode is brought to you
0: by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I, I was actually going to apologize if I look a mess. I'm outside sanding and restaining my, my patio stairs. Oh, that's right. And I looked at the time and thought, fuck, I got to get, I got to jump on. So I think I just trailed a ton of sawdust into the house to make it here.
1: I have my two saw horses outside in my garage and my saw set up and I'm making two side tables for my, my little
0: den. That sounds more fun than what I'm doing.
1: And my batteries were dead, which is always the worst. You
0: need a charging
1: station. I have it. But the one of the contractors, no, one of the contractors that was here all the, the uh, for a while, he walked into my garage and I have this whole setup of, of battery chargers and batteries and like I put it in on purpose because I'm like I want them always to be ready to go. And he said it's really dangerous to leave them plugged in like that. He said you can leave the chargers plugged in, but you can't leave the batteries inside of them because they can start on fire. That's OK. Well, okay. so I was like, oh, so now I take them oh. out. And now my whole purpose of having it is null and void.
0: I have a big surge protector and I on my charging station, all those are charged are plugged into the surge protector. I guess that doesn't help the battery issue, but it's too late, Leisha. It's, they've been sitting there. Anyway, your job sounds more fun than mine because sanding these stairs.
1: Sanding always sucks, Kate.
0: Yeah, but it's different because this is a really penetrative. How, how do you say that word? Penetrative? Penetrative? No. Is that the, how you say it? How do you say Mm-mm. it? Pronounce it for me. Me? Yeah, yeah. Why me? Well, so you seem to have the answers. <laughs> I know it's not penetrative. Come on, Jim Demonic. Penner. Oh, I don't have it either. It's a penetrating stain. And it's been on there for a while. So it's a real bitch to get off. And it's it feels like it's 100 degrees outside right now with that sun beaming down on me. And. Every time I think I'm making some leeway, I realize that I'm nowhere near to where I have to be before I start the next stage. I was just telling you why I'm truly exhausted outside. Um,
1: It's hot, but guess what? I'm into it. I love the summer. Bring it on. 90 plus. Let's go. Me too.
0: Although I was really excited about my uh, sweater. Oh, you wore it like one time. Combos this year. And now I would die of heat and if I put them on.
1: Yeah, don't don't do it now. But you have them for next
0: winter. For the next two weeks of winter. Next year. Yeah.
1: It's dropping again next week. Look at us talking about the weather.
0: Weather's important. I know. It's shifting. It's a big problem. A lot of people think as an alternative fact. So (laughs) I think it's an important topic to talk about. Yeah. Because it's real.
1: But I do like the old school thought of summer.
0: I like the old school thought of 2005 when I was in my 20s and I didn't have to sand my exterior steps to restain it. I thought you like, well, you like a project. I do, but this is just, I have a short amount of time to do it in, so I can't, so I feel like I'm kind of racing the clock a bit. So I'm enjoying it, but not to the level that I want to enjoy it. And I also forgot to buy the new sanding discs. So I have about ten now, nope.
1: and I you think have to I can go. do it.
0: But I'm I, I'm really having to strategize so I don't have to make a run to the store to buy hey, more. Hey,
1: while you're at the store, because you will have to go, will you grab me four fifty foot black hoses? Because I don't want to go get them if you're there and you're in my neighborhood. I'll Why pay you, you back need four of them because the the other ones they, they they're not good. I need like the heavy duty black.
0: I need four of them. I actually have a huge one that I don't think we're going to use if you want it. I'll totally take it. But what a pain for you to bring a big, long hose. I'd rather... A bigger pain would be having to buy four of them for you and schlepping
1: them to your house. You know, but how nice of you if you did it. I'd be like, wow, that's a friend. I gave you
0: sneakers last week.
1: Okay. Should we talk about this episode? Because wow. Wow is right. So this... Our next episode was titled Luminous. Luminous. And it was episode seven, directed by Ernest Dickerson and written by Eileen Shaken. Original air date, April 3rd, 2005.
0: And it's a doozy. Ernest Dickerson was the DP for Do the Right Thing. Did you know that? Oh, that's cool. I
1: did not know that. He's a
0: prolific cinematographer. And when I met him, it was kind of a big deal because when I was maybe, what, I was like 12, 13? I don't know. I was underage, and my cousin was visiting us, and he went to go see Do the Right Thing in the Movie Theater, and he snuck me in. It's a cool cousin. Yeah, he was rad. I don't know how he did it. I guess he pulled some Obi-Wan Kenobi shit, but it's a great movie, and Ernest shot it. And then, however many years later, we get to work with him. I thought that was a fun full circle moment.
1: Okay, let's go into it. I mean, there we go. We start in France. How the hell did they get this set?
0: In Paris. They went to France.
1: No, Kate. They didn't
0: (laughs) go... I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know that. I know that. I know that.
1: But, like, where was
0: that set? Do you think that was Mia's idea? Because I feel like this was Mia's, like... No, I don't think any of this... ...happy place, because she got to... She got the opportunity to speak French and be the French gourmet.
1: I think she was into it, but I wouldn't say this was... That she was like, let's
0: do this. It opens, what, in the Montmartre? It's Moulin Rouge. It's Moulin Rouge. But it's in... Isn't in the... It's in the neighborhood called Momart? Fuck, I don't know. I haven't, Don't ask me. Yes. Yes, that's Am right. Am I correct? Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. Or the Red Light District. It's like the Red Light District.
1: I've been there. I can talk about that.
0: We can. But, <laughs> but
1: that's another story.
0: Okay, go ahead. Anyway, uh, it's Sandra Bernhard and her pretentious student, Hunter Alby, who she's sleeping with. And they're going down, it looks like an alleyway, you know assessing all of the prostitutes that are leaning up against the wall and they come across Jenny in a in a blonde wig. I was like, did she bleach her hair? That's how good it was. I thought the same thing. Okay. That's all I got. I wasn't paying attention to what they were talking about. I think this all
1: leads later to when they're uh, writing their stories in Sandra Bernhardt's class. Precisely.
0: It actually, it actually, the, the, sorry for the big spoiler alert. I don't think anyone's on the edge of their seat waiting, but it feels like the, the opening teaser is actually that Guy Hunter's story that he then reads in class. Right. That Jenny, that Jenny eviscerates.
1: Yeah. Which she needed to do because she's, she's really been taken down in that classroom. Anyway. Anyway. It was a long way getting
0: there, and we had this big opening. And I thought, where was this set? It was next to the cir- it was next to the circus set that we shot last week. They built them next to each other and said, "We'll just bang these two out one after the other." You think they built them? No. Yes, Ugh. I think they built them for sure.
1: You don't think somebody else was shooting something where they were like,
0: "Let's just use that set." I mean, it was elaborate. No, for a cold open. I think the circus set was. Very elaborate for a 30-second fantasy.
1: And none of this existed. You didn't walk into another studio and go, oh, they're shooting
0: Barnum & <sighs> Bailey a documentary. Mercifully, I was not part of the fantasy Paris teaser teaser experience, so I couldn't tell you, but I'm willing to bet it was a set.
1: I know it was a set. I just wanted to know if they built that set for this very reason or if they found that set
0: via another production. You could text Eileen and ask her, why don't you text Eileen and ask her?
1: I might, I might ask her. I think what what would be really fun at some point, I'm just throwing it out there publicly, publicly that I would like to maybe get on our old line producer from back then and ask her all these questions I have about okay. how the money was spent. Okay. It was just an idea. All right, then. Okay, here we go. We're out of the, we're out of the Hunter's fantasy, hooker fantasy, and we're in bed with Alice and Dana and they discuss that they have to tell all their friends that they are now a couple because once a couple forms within a friend circle, it throws the whole balance off. So, of course, because Alice has no other way to do anything in the world ever, she has to throw some sort of party to announce something. That's how she rolls to this day.
0: They're concerned with their autonomy and how that's going to translate in their friend group, they're suddenly going to become a we.
1: It's that shocking thing. It would be like if you and I got together, we'd, we'd have to tell everybody.
0: But here's the thing. People know. That's a conversation they have later. In bed, they're talking about, oh, this is really going to sort of disrupt things again. Because now yeah. what if I want to hang out with Dana? But then there's Alice and it's a we yeah. thing and it's not a me thing. And uh-huh. valid, 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 valid point. Up to a point. In this episode, I thought Dana and Alice had the most rational, normal storyline. I think out of anyone in this episode, and then it shifted for me. But right, I'll, right. I'll, I'll get to that when it get, when it comes up.
1: Yeah, no. I let's get to it. We're 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 sitting with Mark.
0: Mark's on a call, and he's acting like he's just been denied a line of credit from the bank. He's really disappointed. And then Jenny shows up, and they sit down, and then suddenly Mark ha- picks up his obsession with Shane to the point of absurdity.
1: I don't know who's more obsessed with what. what is it about Shane. It's either Mark or Veronica. Like, who's... I think Mark wins.
0: Mark wins. Hands I don't down. know. She's like, what is it about you? I, I saw so many little Mia-isms in the scene. And then I saw more Mia-isms throughout the episode. And I look forward to seeing more Mia-isms as the series goes on. Because I feel like Jenny's starting to, Jenny's starting, yeah, Jenny's starting to blur a bit and but it's But so are we, don't you think? All of us, of course. Yeah. But it's, with, with Mia, there's, she's there's such no a, a we're, nobody's acting, we're just. Mia has such a specificity that it just stands out to me so much because it's oh, I know. enjoyable on such a deep level. But yeah, Mark's obsession. It, it's, okay.
1: What, it, are we ever going to get the answer? What is it about Shane? What is what is that thing Shane has? What is Do we ever get the answer by the end of season 6?
0: It's like he eat he eats he eats, he breathes, he watches Shane all day long and and I did like what Jenny said cuz he said, "Oh, is it cuz she's good in bed?" And Jenny says, "No, that's an oversimplification," which I appreciate. Thank you, Jenny. I I like when it's refreshing to hear Jenny's perspective. Right. There's something so basic about his thinking. I know he's tr- being, I know he's supposed to be deep, but he's very basic. He's the male
1: Diane Fossey. And you're the gorilla. And he's just trying to understand you. When well, he's going
0: to live in your environment. Is he, well, here's what I'm wondering. Does he want to be with her? Is he in love with her? I like that Jenny at least humanizes Shane. She's one of the first people of, not the first to actually do that. I think Alice does that. No, no well, we don't. Alice to...
1: talks to you like you're like a person. It's not like you're this, you know.
0: Yeah, sometimes, but God. Yeah, I know. But Shane and Jenny live together. So there's more of like an immediate relationship there. But okay, it's just what I'm picking up on. When
1: I, I, I don't take offense to it. I've just. Okay, good. Some people treat you like you're a deity and some people just talk to you. But which
0: is it? Is he in love I with her know. or does he want to be with her?
1: Who knows? He wants to be her, probably. All right, then we get to back to Chateau Marmont. I'm figuring they shot this at the same
0: time they shot the pool scene. Well, actually, I was going to say they utilize that penthouse. So last week when we were saying they only use that beautiful, large penthouse for that dinner scene. Nope. Because then they use the interiors in the day, which are the following morning in the story.
1: Right. And Tina's out on the balcony again. Which,
0: you know what? It's very resourceful. Because if you're going to drop that kind of money for that location... You better milk it.
1: Oh, get all you
0: can out of it. Squeeze the chateau. Because they're not going to let you back in again. So you have so you have the X amount of time to shoot and you better savor every second because there are no do-overs. Again, if we had our line producer. Yeah, I'd like to ask her that question.
1: Helena and Tina are in bed. It's the same shot as Alice and Dana. So I kind of got confused. I'm like, it's just, it's like two different lesbian couples with arms and sheets. Yeah. And it takes you a second till you see a head to know which couple you're dealing with. Well, it's Helena and Tina, which I guess are, are they a couple now? This is no. all moving so quickly.
0: On this show, when you sleep with someone, you're a couple.
1: That's it. Yeah. So then the kids run in. Tina does not take this well. She's like ha- trying to hide her face. Well, Leisha, What?
0: Leisha. Leisha. Helena. I've decided out of all the characters, not including Mark, he is on his own. He's on his own island of crazy. Helena is the character with the most red flags.
1: Her intentions have been so fucking twisted from the and beginning. Her,
0: and her entitlement is so cartoonish. Yeah. But her red flags, like if, if, if Tina was of, of sound mind and wasn't in this place of such vulnerability and change and transition in her life, she would have put her clothes on and gotten the hell out of that hotel and set a boundary and saying, you know what? How you operate is not for me. But she takes it, even though she knows it's wrong. She knows and it. And
1: she's also a little bit trying to already claim this baby that's inside Tina's belly. as though when we raise this ch- child together, Did she I mean say it's that? also it's no, she's not saying it, but she's doing it. She's like, you can feel it. I mean, let's not forget at the end, the assistant bets assistants like they're excited about the baby. Or somebody. Well, I
0: got the sense that Helena was saying to Tina when, when, when Tina was basically saying, I really don't want your kids in the bedroom with us. And I certainly don't want you to continuing what you're doing when they're here. And Helena starts to get a little territorial and possessive of like, no, I'm the, the mother of the year. What do you know? Right. What I've do done this. Know? Right. I was getting that sense from her. Red flags. And they happen throughout the episode. This is just the first example. And we're only maybe five minutes in. I'm just going to say. Helena
1: has come from Falcon Crest. And she's now on the L Word. And that's what we're dealing with. And Tina's still on somewhat of a normal reality plane. That's what I feel like I'm watching.
0: Okay, hold that thought. We'll be back in a minute. Rocket Money. I used Rocket Money again last week.
1: How many, are you okay? I don't know. Have I have a get lot these, of subscriptions you forget about. You
0: know what it is? Because I get these apps and you have to pay for everything you get these days. And I think, all right, well, I'll use this for a few days, but, and I'll cancel it, but I forget. And, and you, you have forget to have every your... week
1: that you forgot last week. Yes. Thank God you have Rocket Money. Before I started using Rocket Money myself, I thought I had about like, I don't know, six subscriptions. No, Kate, I had like 15
0: 15.
1: Yes. I was like, clear it, clear it, clear it, get rid of it. And Rocket Money is like, we have your back. Because Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can start to grow your savings.
0: Plus, Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Okay.
1: So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash pants. That's rocketmoney.com slash pants. Say it, Kate.
0: That's rocketmoney.com slash pants.
1: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and...
0: All right, then we go to CAC with the Bad Doors. And we're with Leo Ferreira, who looks like a Backstreet Boy. And I forgot what that Backstreet Boy's name is, but I couldn't even tell you what this scene was about because I was so preoccupied with trying to remember who that Backstreet, Backstreet Boy was that he looked like. Kevin. Thank you. Did he have a last name? I don't remember what Kevin's last name was. Yeah. Melissa, don't you think he looked like a Backstreet Boy? I did. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the hell the scene's about.
1: I don't either. I think so I remember somebody talking about Leo Herrera in another episode that was threatened. So here he is. And he's like, let's work together. And she's like, I'm fine on my own. Thank you. It looks
0: like he's 12.
1: Yeah. And then at the end, he's like, Number oh, I one. ran into Helena. And this is who said it ran yeah. into Helena and Tina. They're very excited about the baby. The point in that. Yeah. In that previous episode, when Bet went to go see Franklin, we know that Helena had told Bet. That Franklin was bringing in someone to help raise money, and so now, yeah, yeah, Yeah.
0: and so now he's stepping on Bet's toes because that's part of Bet's job. Is this going
1: to be a big storyline? Because I'm not interested. I hope
0: not. I I think the point is to show in this episode that that the theme of this week are 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 a lack of boundaries because everyone seems to have them.
1: I thought it was very. uh, The theme was about men and not having boundaries and and. Sort of narrating women's lives. Well,
0: that kind of goes in with it as well, right? And all these characters
1: are like, no, you're not going to narrate my life. Like Jenny's like, I'm not in your story, Hunter. And Bet's like, I'm not
0: in your story, Leo. Yeah, I get it. it. It's it's I get it. That's like it falls in the same category. Like there are a lack of boundaries. Well, speaking of boundaries, next is Veronica. Well, actually, no. To finish that up, Bet gets offended by what he says. She leaves the office. She closes your favorite door, and then she calls Tina and. I think she makes a very fair request. She says, "You know, I'd, I'd like some resolution before this baby arrives." That is smart. And you know what? You're absolutely right. You're
1: so right, Beth. Now we're with Veronica,
0: who is another cartoon villain.
1: That is that what it is? Yes. Yeah, it's a cartoon. That's, it's it's everything's very over the top right now. Where I'm like, it, it's like it. Everybody went big. Everyone's going really big right now. Big, and, which is and- fine. Not against anybody's acting skills. It's just the
0: characterizations of these characters. It's like, huh? It's the lack of specificity to why they are doing that. It's a bit large.
1: She's having a meltdown over this loss of a picture happening, a movie. And there's like four assistants picking up jelly beans and she's throwing phones at them. I mean, the abuse runs... Rampant here. And then Shane's about to leave when she's like, get the fuck out. You go to leave.
0: And she's like, not you. It's an odd scene. Suddenly there's a shift in tone where Veronica just suddenly gets defeated from this. She starts at 100 and then she drops down to a five and she says something like, why? How do I? How do I? How do I do what you do, Shane? Or yeah. How, how do you do why, it, why, Shane? Why? How do, how do I not let people affect me? Teach or, me how to live, Shane. Yeah, something. And what, what's Shane's million dollar phrase? I try not to want something from anyone. She says I try not to want anything from someone, which I, I suppose is maybe the special skill we've been trying to figure out this whole time.
1: Yes. Oh, she's like, why do people always let you down? That's what How it is. can I not be hurt by people letting me down? Right. And you said,
0: why am I always so disappointed? Yeah. Anyway, It's odd. I agree. And I don't really have much to say until later.
1: So your special skill is to what?
0: Try not to need anything from anyone. Doesn't she say that? Try not to
1: need anything. Okay. I'm just looking at it as a skill. I was like, if I could put it into practice in my life. Okay. So forgive us for jumping around, but that's what the episode is doing. We're at Shane and Jenny's. Jenny's. It's a Jenny fantasy. Let's make it quick. Okay. Basically she knocks on the door. Venus Del... No, Venus... Day Mylar, I don't know how you say it. Yeah. Great. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, <Melissa. laughs> Opens the door. Dee, who I guess is Jenny, wants to join the circus. I mean, that's the point of the scene. It, basically, it ends with this line that then we cut to the, the classroom, Jenny's writing classroom. The line is, that is special, but it'll never fly in Peora. And we're it's like supposed right. to be like a punchline. And then Jenny's reading it. Jenny's reading it, (laughs) then, you know, Sandra Bernhard opens the floor like, would everyone like to critique Jenny's writing? The hands fly up. Hunter's the first one to take it down. Except diddy, does he? I don't know. It's a very, I can't, this dynamic between Hunter, Sandra Bernhard, forgive me, I don't remember her character's name. Birch. Mrs. Birch. Professor. Professor Birch and Jenny have this weird dynamic. That we're supposed to play into right now.
0: I don't get it. What's next? What's next? Okay, let's move on. Oh, it's the most unhygienic faced peel in Los Angeles.
1: Okay, this, I had to, thank you. My goodness. Was that supposed to be her skin? Yes. Yes. That was so unrealistic. Yes. Because we've gotten, you know, you can put a mask on at night, a face mask that you peel off like that. You know what I mean? Like it could be like it, you put it on wet and then it dries and then you peel it off. The idea is that I
0: know, I know, but the idea, but a peel is far more. I don't think face peels happen like that where you're violating actually- than just a face mask and I, it's to take off that top
1: layer. And yeah, but they don't work like that. Like if it, you got a laser peel or something.
0: Laser peels a- don't work that way. I think it was a chemical peel. It was a chemical peel. And
1: is that literally what happens? Because I've seen people are like, sorry, I got a peel. And I've had a chemical peel before. Face will be flaky, but they're not peeling it at the salon.
0: I've had a chemical peel before. I don't recall it ever having that effect. It, it's, you get, you know, a, a stringent, some sort of thing gets on your face. And then the and it, as it soaks into your skin, the next few days, your, your top layer of your skin peels off. And you're supposed to stay out of the sun. Because you're very susceptible to sun damage because of that, and yeah, hundred percent. And and there's ways, and you have to take care of your skin in a certain way for that week. And as each day progresses from the day you got that peel, it looks crazier and crazier until you look fabulous,
1: right? But it peels almost like a sunburn would, correct?
0: What they were doing in that office was peeling her skin off with their bare hands.
1: But it, which doesn't happen. And it also looks like when you're in grade school and you put Elmer, Elmer's glue on your hand and then you wait for it to dry and you peel it because it's so fun as a kid. Yes. You did that too? Anyway, well, who didn't? And then basically we were all supposed to buy into the fact that Shane's watching Veronica get her face skin peeled off her face, like a horror movie. I didn't buy it. Neither did I. Okay. Then we're at the Michael Cohen gallery. And here's one of our first guest stars. Didn't know at the time, but the superstar, Kobe Smulders. Yeah.
0: Did you see her? Isn't she amazing as, oh, that that lunatic uh, from uh, from impeachment?
1: Yes. Was that crazy? Yes. Yeah, the lady. What, uh, I did see it. What her name? I don't know, but she was great. What's her name? She sounded just like her. That crazy,
0: that... Anyway, she was incredible.
1: Kobe Smulders uh, goes on to become a superstar after this... L word stint she did. Yes, she does. They should have grabbed her because she was beautiful. She fit fully into the L word. Like I don't know, she the style. She just fit. I was yeah. like, well, that was a miss.
0: Bet and her, bet and her could have been an interesting That would have been a hot couple duo for sure. But she's more enthusiastic about Sharon Ibsen CD. I mean, that's how dated we are. She actually pulls out. She actually pulls out a CD and she's like, look, the new album came out. Yeah. Very enthusiastic over Sharon Ibsen. That's what everyone's talking about. Like
1: she had just run to like Virgin Records. And then we come to find out she also has a girlfriend. So. That was a bit. Well, Bet asked her basically to come see Sharon Ibsen, Sharon Ibsen at the planet. And she gets very excited. And then the girlfriend walks in. So it's like a want Well, Bet shows
0: up to her. Bet shows up to the appointment with her power shoulders thinking my secret weapon is out. Ready to go. How can you say no? She, she looked at her picture and said, get me an appointment today.
1: I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's how she picks her art. She sees what the artist looks like. Okay. And now we're at another L.A. location. You're back on Runyon. Alice and Dana. I
1: wondered if we filmed both of those. Yeah. No, it must have been another time.
0: No, I'm sure you did both of them. What was up with my hair? That's what I want to talk about. I was going to ask you, how many bobby pins did it take for you to get that hairstyle? Is that
1: what it was? Was it bobby? I was like, what the hell is happening? Who did that to me? And why did I let it happen?
0: I think the bigger question is, why did you let it happen?
1: Yeah. What was it? So it wasn't just gelled like that? You saw bobby pins? I couldn't it was see. Bobby.
0: There's no way. That was, a, that was a look. When your hair was short, you twist it. Was it was a
1: look all right. You twist it and we stick the bobby so it's like. what i think i was was i trying to be bjork or something it wasn't working it's like plant sprouts
0: that was the look all over one's head it was awful terrible look dana should have just pushed me over the cliff and you two are really making a three-act play over who are we going to tell and how are we going to tell this is where i'm starting to you're like okay you guys Yeah, a little bit
1: nobody cares that much all right, we're back the, the the
0: chateau, and here we go because now we're using. They're using the interior of the penthouse, the room, which is good. I guess Utilize Tina's it.
1: doing some art charity project out at the beach, and wants to know why the kids aren't outside. And she buys some arts and crafts projects. They look very unexcited, and then Helena walks in. You know, Falcon crestie and is like, I've got other plans for mommy. <laughs> and then Tina leaves. They go on the balcony and basically she's just starts giving Tina head. I'm like, where did
0: the kids go? You know what I realized? Helena's kink is getting caught.
1: Yeah. She's like, I'm, I'm into public sex big time. That's her thing. And
0: then her. But does she want to be caught by her kids? I think just being caught, period. And what we come to see is that her ex-wife, the uh, this is pre-Oscar, uh, is played by Melissa Leo. And she's arriving right at the same time that they are now having sex on a balcony.
1: I couldn't believe it. I was like, I don't remember Melissa Leo being on our show.
0: Overlooking L.A. And what happens, Melissa Leo, her character is Winnie, walks in on them on the balcony as... Helen is between Tina's legs Mm -hmm. and then Tina kind of looks up casually like oh someone's watching well at this point I mean this is the second time in maybe 12 hours I'm sure Tina's become a bit immune to it now immune to what public sex in random places like it's the pool and now it's the balcony a little earlier it could have been with the the kids was like the boundary crossing Tina
1: was scared the kids crawled into bed with them And meanwhile, she's like, but let's go, you know, do the nasty. Yeah, but
0: the kids are now preoccupied watching television.
1: Oh, they've got their arts and crafts, so there's no way. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, Melissa, Leah, Winnie is like, we need to talk about the kids, I guess. Yeah. (sighs) I mean, that's okay. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. We're at the planet.
0: We can thank Benjamin Bradshaw for Sharon Ibsen. Yeah, because it's so his a wonderful
1: guitar player. By great the way, great
0: guitar player. Is that supposed to be the opening? That's like, for like
1: flamenco, right? Or
0: I don't know. But is that supposed to be? Is that supposed to be the opening for the big event later that evening?
1: I believe it was the same night because it's Saturday.
0: It's yeah, bet stays
1: there the whole time. So maybe it started early her set, and then it turned into a Carmen DJ party. She was the matinee. She was, I would say, a late matinee, early <laughs> evening.
0: I think Kit needs to work on like, what, what is the vibe of the planet? What are we like? What, what are we doing Kit?
1: Well, she did say, Benjamin said this would fit in perfectly with what we're doing here stylistically at the planet. And I was like, who? Okay, Benjamin. Yeah, Benjamin. Why would you know what lesbians want to listen to? Yeah. But apparently Kit thinks he does. The apple fritters must have taken off so she's like whatever he says
0: well she has a change in perspective in the next couple weeks because that's when peaches shows up
1: yes which is thank you
0: and she's like oh that's what the lady's like got it
1: i don't think that came from benjamin bradshaw no i think he's gone by then we're gonna take a break we'll be back in a minute Winnie and Helena argue about how the kids.
0: Well, Helena violated a court order, which again, Helena and your entitlement, for Christ's sake. And it's just red flag, red flag. Winnie basically wants
1: the kids. But I think also they wanted to write the kids out because.
0: It's hard to have kids on a show. What we
1: used to laugh about was Helena had kids at one point and then they just suddenly disappeared. So I think this was their attempt at. Trying to. Trying to get rid of. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's hard having kids on a set, hard hours and and regulations. and.
1: Well, it's a different, it's also a different show, unless that's going to be your central focus point.
0: But logistically speaking, I don't think the show had room for that either. Right. It was a lot. It was a lot. But yeah, you're right. Helena's magical missing children, I believe, following this episode.
1: Yeah, they're gone. They might appear one more time just to remind people she had them, but...
0: Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. I guess what I'm what I was curious about was how does everyone know Bet is suddenly single? She must be L.A.'s number one gay bachelorette.
1: Well, let's be honest. If she was sitting in the planet, everyone would be like, who is that?
0: Like, let's just be real. No, but it's not her sitting in a planet. It's like the rumor mill. But I guess that's how it is. Yeah. Here, right? But
1: here's what I here's my number one least favorite thing in the whole episode was this phrase being meat tagged I'm like I we were young back then I'd never heard anybody say that did you nope I've never heard of a single person being called meat tagged which I guess meant that bet was
0: sort of like ripe for picking it seems that it seems that rumor got out that bet was single the APB had gone out the the bet signal for
1: Mm -hmm. everyone
0: and Mm -hmm. all the lesbians came running and now they all want a chance with Bet. Yeah.
1: I mean, there was a Disney exec that turned into a therapist. Although I did
0: like that line. I did like that line that that guitarist said. She said, have her call me in six months.
1: And I said, that's good. Right. And then the Disney exec w- turned into a therapist and she was like, I'd like to analyze. I'd like rather take. I don't know what she said. She'd rather
0: date her than analyze her. And this her. is all news to Beth because Bette, Bette doesn't, was not aware of this, this hold she had.
1: But they really worked over the phrase, meat tagged, meat tagged. Like they had every character say it like, yeah, I've been meat tagged. What do you mean I'm meat tagged? I've never heard of meat tagged. I was like, okay, we're pushing it here. Yeah.
0: Now we can go on to Veronica's house. And I'm sorry. I, I just have a hard time believing that that's the result of a face peel. That's not the healing process.
1: No, she has a red face. That's like raw. And she's in pain. So Shane is in the bathroom getting Veronica pain pills. And then you pocket the pills. And then you walk in and you say, Hey. She found a bottle of oxy and pocket. She's like, it. I found some Oxy. Well, first you stole it, then you asked permission, which mm-hmm. I found interesting. Yeah. And Veronica's like,
0: take the whole bottle. I don't care. And then she says, and then she says, Get into bed with me and we'll watch Funny Girl. And I thought, that sounds kind of fun. I would do that. I think that's that was a great idea. I would enjoy that. The day we were shooting that, that was the night that I had Concert tickets for the Pixies, and I was taking you.
1: We had a blast. Yeah, we had the best time ever.
0: But that was that night, and I had gone to Ernest, and I had gone to the first day, day, being like, please, I have Pixie tickets. I can't miss the show. Please, please, please get me out of here in time. And Ernest was like I promise you I'm going to get you out of here so you can make the concert. It's really cute. Because it
1: was daylight when that
0: started. Yeah, it was early evening I think. But I was the last I think I was the last scene of the day and we were on location somewhere in Vancouver. Uh, That's always hard if you have a plan. It is. So that's why I was just like on my hands and knees that day. Please anything. Or like
1: a plane to catch. Yeah. We had thank you again for those tickets. We had such a good time. I mean, it was amazing. That was an
0: excellent concert.
1: And the Canadian audience was so polite. (laughs) They would fall into silence when a song would begin. And then they would clap and cheer and then fall back into silence. I was like, wow, so well behaved. We heard every song from front to back.
0: I just feel bad for Veronica Bloom. She's she's lonely. She doesn't have any friends. Everyone's scared of her. She's... Not a. She needs to go to therapy, change her approach with people, I think, you
1: know, treat people better. Yeah, she needs to. She'd probably get some friends that way. Anyway, she's insisting that whatever she tells you to do, you'll do because she's paying you. And you're like, I'm out of here. And you took the Oxy. So I want to talk about this. Are we about to see Shane have a drug
0: problem or is it another L word dropped plot line where it's like. Well, it's funny you say that. I thought the same. And I believe this is the origin story to Shane's pill-popping drug adventure i have comments on it as it okay i don't remember this at all i have comments on it but i'll wait till that scene rolls in
1: okay i'm excited to watch the rest of the season because i don't remember you having a drug problem i'm i'm thinking i'm thinking
0: this is the origin story
1: although i thought okay
0: you talked about oxy another time in first season but she did drugs last year too but I think that was more casual and just like, yeah, I can do that when I feel like it. I'm not scared of it. And now I that's how I'm going to rationalize this. It's the origin story. Okay.
1: I'm excited to watch this roll out. I'm glad someone is. All right. So we're at, then we're back at the planet and another woman approaches Beth. I mean, that's really all that happens. Then Alice and Dana are on her way to this party, still
0: talking about how they're going to break the news. It's just the scariest thing. At this point in the episode, I'm still thinking, Alice and Dana are the most normal out of every character in this episode. I'm still there because I don't know what we're going to. I forgot all about this episode until we watched it. But at this point in the car, we're, we're both nervous. Like, oh, how are we going to tell people? I thought, okay, that's a valid concern. It's, it's an announcement. My opinion shifts. No, my opinion shifts once you get to the planet. But at this point in the car, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, this is the most rational.
1: Here's what I thought was really real, how they pulled over to have sex. Yeah, definitely. Because that's what you do when you're that yeah. into someone. Yeah. It's like you can't stop. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of cute. Anyway, we're back at the planet. Okay, so Carmen is now teaching Jenny how to DJ. I'm sure you're going to have a lot to say about this. Now, Carmen,
0: from what I understand, uses real vinyl when she spins. Not tonight which i respect. It's all about CDs. It's all about CDs and luminous. It's all about CDJs because let me tell you, if she was using real vinyl, there is no way in hell she would have any time to sit there and flirt and teach Jenny. No, she'd have to concentrate. Yeah, you'd have to she'd have to pay attention. But I guess the CDJs are making it easier for her and they're having this whole sexual innuendo conversation. Jenny is a horrible DJ and does the worst transition imaginable.
1: I think, oh, was it her? Because <laughs> yes, I was like, that is like, no one taught her about BPMs and how to match them. I was like, this that is, it was the worst
0: transition. I mean, that's the first lesson, Carmen. If you're going to teach her and you're going to tell her that she's going to do this in public, can you at least teach her how to beat match?
1: I don't think I. I don't know, and I know I say I'm going to go back and watch, and I never do, but I really do want to go back. I think it was Carmen.
0: It's not. It's
1: Jenny. Okay. Well, then it makes sense.
0: Because Jenny's like, should we do it? Should I do it? And Carmen's like, yeah, do it. Should I do yeah, it? Yeah, but
1: why wouldn't Carmen like make sure it was all... Because she was teaching Jenny how to do it. It's her It's her brand is out there. It's her DJ brand. And she's like, people be like, Jesus.
0: Melissa, I feel like you're about to chime in. I got it. Yeah. (laughs) One of them one of them did the fade in and one did the fade out. So I think it was Jenny fading in and Carmen was fading out. Yeah. Jenny just went a little too hard on that. Okay. On the fader. Well, I hope
1: Carmen didn't lose her job as a DJ after that because I would have maybe not hired her again if I was kit. Anyway. Guess who walks in? Tina. And she goes over to sit next to Bet. They acted very casual when they saw each other after all of this, like not talking to each other for weeks and not returning phone calls. It was very like,
0: oh, is hi. Is it weeks? We don't know. We don't know what the time frame is. Well, her and Helena are pretty in. No. Okay. I don't think so. I don't think so. Because they. the first time we see Helena and Tina was in bed, the fo- I, which I'm assuming is the following morning from their pool night. Oh, okay. Wow. They really go fast. I should have paid attention to Tina's outfit to see if it matched what she wore. I could be wrong, but that's that's how it is. And I'm sure she has a bag. She wasn't intending to sleep over when she went to the dinner party if it was the night before. It just happened that she did sleep over. She wouldn't have a change of clothes. I should have paid attention to the outfit, but I didn't. And I'm not going to go back and look. So this is my fantasy. That's how I'm going to understand it
1: okay great well Carmen and Jenny are flirting and when Shane walks in you see it you see the upset you see the upset with Carmen you see the upset with Shane I was into it I was like I like this
0: well Shane is I think Shane is feeling utterly alone and it's completely her doing she's a self-sabotager and
1: but you run out and you run into
0: Alice and Dana walking in Yeah, this is where my opinion on Alice and Dana shift, because my Christ, the self-important announcement that everyone needs to pause their lives for to celebrate as if you just announced you're getting married. Hold
1: up. That was somebody else did it.
0: No, you guys planned it. There's no way in hell. How in the hell would Carmen know that you two are together?
1: every because the point of it was everybody already knew everybody already knew they thought no one knew we're going to have to reveal this news and they walk in and the spotlight goes on them like it's been planned what that's why they look shocked like what's happening oh i guess everybody already knows okay
0: oh, okay still regardless the dancing as if it's your first dance how about the spotlight How about walking in? I guess, you know what? You're so right because no one's reacting. Like even Bet's kind of, "Ah, that's nice. She gives a half smile. Everybody
1: knew. That's the joke. The joke was on them. Got it. Everybody knew. What I would like to talk about is my outfit.
0: I didn't notice it.
1: It looked like I ran through the window of a Claire's boutique and fell face down into a display case. Claire's? I can't. You don't know Claire's. Why are you are you are you over accessorized, <laughs> Kate? I've never seen such accessories and li- li- little sparkly things on my. They were on my back. They were on my chest. They were in my ears. Huh. It was coming from everywhere.
0: Okay. I was like a disco ball. Didn't notice it. I was too caught up with what I thought was happening. But I'm glad you clarified it because that actually makes sense. Okay. I understand. It can be upsetting. It was upsetting. But you know what? You're right. I read it wrong. And I also was kind of half paying attention if I'm going to be completely transparent with everyone here, because sometimes I space out a little bit and I can't be alone in that. Nobody's judging you. Don't you space out sometimes watching this show? And you're like, wait, what happened? What'd you say? And then you have to rewind. I clearly didn't rewind. I do have to rewind. I did that a couple of times in this episode. I zoned.
1: I've been watching it on my computer lately. So I'm more focused than I was when I was watching it on TV. Because that's where I can really get distracted. Yeah. We're back at the shed with Mark. He's... The Pornhub shed. Yeah. And he's watching Shane, rewinding, watching Shane, rewinding, watching Shane. I think he's trying to figure out if you're
0: doing... Well, no, I think we're first we're going to... I think first uh, we go back to the house with Jenny and Carmen. Oh, yeah, that's important. Because Carmen has now mentally committed to being with Jenny and she's like, you know what, I'm going to go for it with this girl. And they start going at it in the kitchen and they get interrupted. And I forgot about this scene entirely as well by Shane, who is coming into the kitchen to get something to drink with two girls in tow.
1: Beer. Yeah.
0: And that just kind of ruins it ruins twins they look like twins yeah it ruins the moment for and if that's the case that's gross but it's ruining the moment for they're definitely twins they're actually twins I've that's really bad yep (laughs) that's really bad but it's ruining the moment for carmen and jenny jenny this is where so and carmen's thrown for a loop and you know this ruins the moment overall and carmen says you know what maybe we should pause this and we should see each other in the light of day And I saw a shift in Jenny immediately and I thought, okay, now Jenny's, now, now, now Jenny's going to play a game. And this is where the game that Jenny now starts, I think from now until maybe the finale or till some point when she gets them together, has begun, which I really like.
1: Oh, I forgot about the game. I did feel for Jenny though, because, you know, it's been pretty obvious to everyone else,
0: but... Major, but I like how she's, but she's been... Jenny has been this sort of deer in the headlights for a while now with things that are happening to her. And I just saw something where I thought, oh, I think Jenny's fucking over this because Jenny can see it clear as day. Oh, she's over the whole thing. It's, it's like the competition is about to begin. Well, I don't think so. I don't think Jenny's competing. I don't think Je- I don't think Jenny thinks she stands a chance with Carmen when it comes between Carmen and Shane, but I also don't think Jenny's going to suffer the fool either. No. Not Jenny, no way. And and so this little like game gets started and we'll see how it unfolds after this episode, but I believe there is some element of that that comes after the episode we're talking about today. She's too smart. She's too smart. Way too smart. And then we go to the Pornhub shed and that's where Mark is watching what's going on with what's happening in, in, the, in the bedroom with Shane and the twins.
1: The twins are wrestling and you're in a chair, like sort of a voyeuristic type thing, but you're, he realizes you're, you're doing
0: drugs. That was a good t-shirt. I used to have that t-shirt. I wonder what happened to it. I didn't remember it. It was a good t-shirt. So we're still at the house next morning. Well, it's the next day at the house. And Jenny's in her bedroom and that's where Carmen comes in and she's apologizing. And I think at this point, Jenny's like, I'm not buying it.
1: Well, no, she's like, here's the light of day. Let's
0: see how this works. And then
1: what, what was with the slap scene? Do you have any intel on this?
0: Thoughts, opinions? Uh, I mean, first they make a horrible couple. I don't know. I don't, I don't have, it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere Maybe it was to signify the, I think it's maybe to signify the frustration. Possibly like Jenny's just, Jenny was into Carmen. If Carmen was into it, Jenny would have been down and, and Jenny, and that scene sort of reclaims her power in a way from Carmen saying, you know what, I'm not going to wait for you to make a decision. I'm going to play along with this because you're too, I see what you're trying to do, Carmen. You're trying to convince yourself that I'm the right girl, but I'm not. And I'm never going to be able to compete with who you're really into. Did
1: they end up having sex or did they
0: just slap each other? And then Carmen is then slapping her because she's frustrated because Carmen can't have what she wants. And it's just like they're both sort of utilizing each other.
1: And then she laid on her chest like they were going to take a nap.
0: Yeah, it's an odd. It's very, very odd. It's called a slap and nap. (laughs) It's like I kind of thought, is like Jenny resentful of Carmen at this point? She could be. But I think Jenny's tired of getting played and now she's going to play a game. And she's the only one who sees this clearly out of the three of them. So go for it, Jenny. Make it interesting. I'm into it. I'm into Jenny on this one. Okay. So we're at the beach.
1: Tina's got one of her beach rocks hung on her neck. And Helena pulls up in a convertible, I think. I don't know. And the girl that Tina was with was like, "Ah, Tina. Like everybody knows about Helena. And we're always supposed to be like, "Ah," when she arrives and then Helena kind of gets the most, I would say,
0: Normal. human-like yeah.
1: and admits to Tina that, you know, Winnie's trying to take the kids. And I guess when they live with Winnie, they sleep on a, a mattress on the floor and eat out of cans. I'm not sure the visual. I wasn't quite <laughs> I sure know. what we were supposed to get from <laughs> that. But, like, if that's the case, you know, Child Protective Services should probably...
0: I like how Tina's really invested in, in Helena's divorce story.
1: Yeah. And then, oh, and then and then Helena talks about how Winnie's the biological mother of one of them, the yeah. boy, I think. Yeah. And how they're sort of fighting over the girl. Custody. And I think Tina's supposed to, this is supposed to sort of open her eyes to what, if she doesn't work it out with Bet, what it could be. That's what I think was supposed to happen in this scene but I was too distracted by the necklace. So then after the slap and nap, Carmen's leaving. No, Jenny's leaving. She's late for class. Carmen sort of follows her out. Shane is passed out on the couch because of your drug bender you went on. And the music's really loud.
0: The Terrible. It's terrible music.
1: Yeah, it's really loud. Jenny never goes to shut it off for the phone conversation because the phone rings. She screams through the music. She leaves and then Carmen calmly turns the music down and does a beautiful speech to Shane.
0: Carmen has a lot of feelings. When did this connection between them occur?
1: I like it. I like the how it's been building and I really bought it in this scene. And Carmen basically is like, you don't know, Shane, how to handle someone liking you, which is basically what you told Veronica earlier. You just avoid that kind of stuff because then you don't get hurt. Well, Carmen's here to like, show you that there's another way.
0: Right. Nice insight. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. Now we can go on to the writing class with Hunter. He gets, he's another. Do we have
1: to, can we just roll through this quickly? It's,
0: uh. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. The point of the being is that Hunter gets more and more ridiculous in every scene he's in. And we learned that the opening teaser is actually Hunter's story. And Jenny calls him out for his chauvinistic, fragile male ego bullshit. And I'm hoping that's the last of them. Bravo, Jenny.
1: Yeah. And how he belittles female characters and she calls him Henry Miller Light.
0: The end of the scene. And then that immediately goes into we get back into the Pornhub shed and there's Mark obsessing over Shane, uh, Shane footage and the phone rings. And he is claiming that he can be in Venice in 20 minutes. And from West Hollywood to Venice, you will never make it there in 20 minutes. I noticed that, too.
1: Yeah, he's like, somebody's in trouble on the other end of the line. Someone's in trouble on the other end. And and this person called Mark, of all people.
0: That doesn't make sense. No, I think that person says, is Jenny there? Does Jenny not have a phone? And is there not a house phone in there? There's also other people to call before Mark. Yeah, where are you? Thank you. We did forget
1: something in the classroom. When everybody uh, leaves, what? Professor Birch stops Jenny and is like, I've given your number to Burke Connor, something like that, who's an old Hollywood actor and he needs help writing his memoir. So please uh, go see him because I told him you're my best student. So Jenny lights up. We know who's playing that character. It was kind of an, you know. Do you remember who that plays that character? A little foreshadow to the next. Yes. A little foreshadow to the next
0: one. Now we get to go back to Mark with it with. A lot of held hand camera. I got vertigo. I felt like I was watching the Blair Rich Project for the first time again.
1: Yeah. And then these giant men, giant men are beating you up, which I was like, that was a bit much. Also, Nobody else is on Venice
0: Boardwalk is stopping this. And also, if you're coming down on Ox, coming down off of Oxy, do you really have that kind of energy? Don't
1: ask me. Also, what... When did you call Mark, and what happened, and why are you getting beat
0: up? I don't know. Right? Like why all of a sudden from that phone call? I don't remember this. It was so long ago. I'm just wondering because Oxy I think is a downer. It's not a. It's not speedy. It's like over the counter heroin. Where did where did that gumption come to? Like have the energy to feign 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 two people off and get aggressive and sort of have that 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 that. Uh, that edgy tweaker feeling. Where did that come from? I don't know,
1: but I do remember you were excited to have a bloody face. Your fake blood. You were so excited. We have a picture of you on set that day. We're all smiling with you with the blood. I didn't quite understand from the phone call to the getting beat up by two older men. I didn't quite understand the story.
0: I don't know if we were supposed to understand the story. I don't think that was like it
1: just Shane's in
0: trouble. That's what we're supposed I think to get. it's I think it's supposed to signify Shane is in a downward spiral by herself.
1: OK, and then the last scene of the episode that gets some free steaks. She gets some which obviously was an endorsement because she had the shirt on. She had the
0: boxes. She's like, I'm from. And also how and, you know, symbolism for being, you know, labeled meat tag the entire episode. Exactly.
1: She's like, good but one. You get free New York steaks. But she's like fish and meat. And she's like, we give this. I I usually gave this to Tina. Anyway, it was a full endorsement. I could tell. Well, whoever got,
0: who whoever was able to utilize that endorsement, somebody you? at on set in the production office. It's probably our producer. <laughs> she got to use it in her new kitchen that she was able to do, <laughs> or she brought it out to her <laughs> new pool that she had just gotten remodeled.
1: Exactly. So then, Bet walks up with her new fish and steak box, and there's another, there's a bigger box on the porch. She brings it in. She walks into a no- to open it, listens to the message Tina had left earlier, where she said, I, "I really have been thinking about you. I want to talk about
0: our baby." And Bet opens the box. What is she it? A mobile, a, mo- a mobile, a little glass mobile. blown mobile thing that you hang on the ceiling and it twirls. Anyway, there it is. Ah, not my favorite. Not my favorite. It doesn't have to be a favorite. You can't win them all. No. I'm enjoying this season, though. I kind of like their. I like the darkness of it.
1: You like the darkness of the season? (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's a little edgy and dark and a little Hmm. unpredictable, which I like.
1: I like first season better so far, but curious what three is like.
0: I haven't decided. Three is going to suck. Oh, Um, wow. Okay. It is. If I, if I, if I have to remind you what happens in three.
1: You do. Well, don't because I want to be surprised. I'm like a kid in a candy shop with each episode. I'm like, what? It's like I've never. You know
0: what happens in season three?
1: Oh, yeah. with Yes, of course I do. Of course I do. Yeah, it's going to suck. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. It's the biggest suck of all time. But
0: I think there are a few things in season three that were great, actually. I don't remember what they were, but there were one or two things. I'm curious where the rest of this season is going to go. I remember how it ends. I remember bits of it where people where certain characters landed. But I don't. What? But I there's we still have 8, 9, 10, 11. We have five more episodes to yeah, go. Yeah, we have a while. We're on. How are we going to drag this out?
1: We just got to keep talking about it, Kate. We got to watch and talk.
0: No, I'm saying, I wonder how do the writers drag it out? Because there has to be more drama in between. Oh, I'm sure they didn't look at it like that. Because you and Dana don't end, end, end the season on...
1: Hey, don't ruin it. I don't know I'm what happened. I'm not. Leisha,
0: if you think anybody is watching this show for the first time as we recap it, you're delusional. I'm telling you to not ruin it for me. To me. Don't ruin it for me. I'm not ruining it for anyone listening either. They've already seen it. But there's just a lot of ground to cover for five episodes. Well, it gives us something to talk about. It does. Well, till next week.
1: Can't wait. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thank you for listening to Pants, a podcast brought to you by myself, Kate Manig, and Leisha Haley. Produced by Melissa D. Montz. Please listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can follow Pants on Instagram, at The Pants Pod. Theme song by Carolina Para of the band CSS and graphics are by Love Fox.